Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today we are flashing back to episode number 129 with Cutco Vector's Intermountain Division Manager, Phil Bolander. Throughout his career, Phil has been inspired by strong reasons, starting with building a family while he was still a college student sales rep. He was a five-time All-American while building a family that has eventually grown into seven kids. Phil became an expert at enrolling others in his goals and creating an atmosphere of collaboration, support, and fun. In this short snippet, Phil starts by detailing how he enrolled customers in his personal sales goals, then he ties that into enrolling sales reps in the team goals. He then gets into some development strategies that he has used to build great teams throughout his Hall of Fame career. Now responsible for over $38 million in Cutco sales, Phil Bolander is a genuine leader who is well-respected and appreciated by everyone who knows him. Every one of these Flashback Friday episodes gives you a chance to hear the best nuggets from past popular episodes in usually about 15 minutes or less. Take a moment right now to queue up a bunch of these in your podcast player, and remember to give the podcast a rating or review real quick. If you want to hear more about Phil Bolander's story, you can revisit our full conversation at episode number 129. To what do you attribute your success as a sales rep during those years? We still did something like unto the enrolling customers in your goals. And I have kind of, in my own mind, two facets of that. One is how you present it to your customer in the demo and how that can roll out and what benefit it gives you, but then also what it did for me. So when I think about enrolling customers and having goals, I would share on the phone once about that I had this goal to have X number of demos by Saturday or whatever it was. And then when they give an objection, I would say, well, I, I understand you're busy and I, I really appreciate that. I'm really busy myself trying to hit this goal. So I'd share it really twice on the phone, once with the approach, once with the objection. Then I'd start the demo sharing my goal about my scholarship. And it paused in a second. I, I would have customers reach me, at, you know, see me at church, see me at the... <laughs> Piggly Wiggly, which is a grocery store chain back in the 1900s as well. And they'd catch me at the store and they'd, hey, did you win your scholarship? They'd show me their Band-Aids, right, from Cutco. And they'd brag about their cuts. And then they'd say, how, how did you, did you win your scholarship? Did you win your scholarship? And I was always, you know, pretty proud to say yes. And I worked really hard. Uh, so I'd share my goal, you know, the third time in the demo. And then at the end, I would share how if they were thinking homemaker or galley before the ultimate existed, I would say, Hey, I, I'd love you to get the homemaker. Cause I know you'd be more happy with it. It would help me hit my goal, but I know that you'd be thanking me for way longer than I'd be thanking you for your, mm. you know, for your order. So it helped close a few sales where they were on the, 
I call it the B plus A minus line when you're with your teacher, you know, they'd, they'd go for the A and say they'd get the homemaker instead of the galley. And then finally with recommendations, I would always talk about recommendations and talk about my goals for scholarships and talk about my kids and talk about whatever I was, you know, supporting. And I think that it really helped customers see the purpose of helping me with my goals, as well as, you know, obviously we have a pretty low key approach with customers and we have an amazing product that 50 years later, people really are thanking us for having sold to them. So that's how it, you know, helped me in my sales career. But then, you know, when I would enroll myself in my own goals, so especially during push periods, I think enrolling customers in your goals does a couple things. It re-enrolls you every single phone call and it re-enrolls you every single demo. Yes. Into your own goals. I remember the hair on the back of my neck, what hair I then you know, my hair is a little different now than it used to be, but the hair on the back of my neck would stand up because I would talk about my goals with passion. So I would be enrolled. They would be enrolled and excited. That's why they'd see me at the grocery store and in church or whatever and be excited for me. And it also helped with larger orders. And it also helped at the end of push periods, at the end of all Americans. And with President's Banquet, even as a DM, I've twice had to dust off the sample kit pretty heavily to make sure I I hit that uh, achievement in the, in the manager ranks. And so it, it really helps to share your goals with customers for your own self, as well as uh, at different levels of how they want to help you out over the, over time and now decades. Yeah. I love what you said about how it re-enrolls yourself when you talk about your goals. You're constantly being reminded. There's a quote that always has stood out to me, which is discipline is remembering what you want. And the more reminders you create for yourself of what you want, of who you want to be, of the goals that you're striving for, of the future you you're trying to become, the more likely you are to follow through on those things. And so this whole idea of sharing goals, whether it be with customers or even for people nowadays, you know, sharing goals with your managers, with your peers, talking about, you know, who you want to be, like that's a critical piece of success for anyone that's really important. So 1999, you get into management, right? You branched in Provo. I know that you set the May record in Provo that stood for a long time, I believe, or you know, at least uh, maybe it didn't stand for a long time, but you broke a record that had been there yeah. for a long time. It was 99, so it was 50 years. It was the year the Ultimate came out, actually, the Ultimate set. And uh, we, set the, we broke the record by a couple thousand bucks in May. So that reminds me also, because we enrolled the entire team. So every rep was chanting the number, like in our team meeting, we knew what we needed to sell by week two of May. We're like, even week one of May, we're like, we're breaking the record. And we literally had the whole, all the people we brought on the team that summer or that, that month still to this day, still got some great friendships with some of those people. And, uh, you know, again, enrolling the team into the team goal really mattered. Yeah. That's awesome. And you, I know that right out of that first summer, you started what has become really an epic history for you of development, right? That there were people from that very first summer that you started in the, as a manager who became field sales managers, who became branch managers down the road. I know a, a few stats that uh, I can share. 21 summers that you've been a, a, a manager with the company, you've promoted at least one new manager every year who has run their own office, uh, run their own team. And several of those years, you promoted four or five or six new managers. So 
just the real history of developing other leaders. Let's talk a little bit about how you've been able to do that, Phil. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And, and it really makes the job as a manager more rewarding. And if I think about today's generation of CSPs and, and event coordinators, I think about the development that people like Josh Muller and and some of the other coordinators nationwide have even been doing to develop more people in that role. It's a rewarding and more stimulating opportunity as a leader when you're helping new leaders come up in the business. And I appreciate the the roles that all of our you know event coordinators today that didn't exist 20 years ago. And that's such a neat opportunity as well as in being a division manager and a district manager. To thrive as a district manager, in my opinion, is to have support around you and to develop people that can develop others. And so some of the things that I've, you know, think back to John Carpenter said it at SLC 20 years ago, maybe, and I loved it then is, is time, time with your people. It's funny because we've had conferences when we, we were attending them live, you know, eight hours and 12 hour drives. We used to fly to Seattle for some of uh, Mark Lovis's leadership academies from Salt Lake. And just the people that we took those road trips with and the people that we spent time with outside of the business, as well as on vector trips. And sometimes it's the late night conversations at the office. Sometimes it's in the parking lot. Sometimes it's, you know, at the pie shop or whatever, the village bakery or Denny's or whatever it is, sometimes late nights after team meetings. And it's also fun, not just business talk, but doing things outside. Like I said, I've been to a lot of concerts, been to a lot of, I'm a jazz season ticket holder uh, at this point, 12 years or whatever it is. And having time uh, doing things that I enjoy, but doing it with people that I enjoy being around. It's one of the reasons why Vector culture is so travel-based as well as, as and enhanced, really. The culture is enhanced because of those relationships that I've developed with people in uh, every region, in Canada, too. And, and just that the trips are amazing. Another thing is care. Going to some, whether it's sporting events, life events, church things that people are a part of, and uh, weddings, for sure, and, and things like that, and, and caring for people, having them know that they're cared about beyond just the the bottom line or the CPO or whatever it is. It's more rewarding also when they do quote unquote graduate from Vector and go into other things and still we have a relationship to this day. Right. Social media makes it handy and easier to do, I think, but it also when you have a real relationship, not just social media based, it really does matter. Another couple things real quick is uh, respecting their opinions, respecting their viewpoints over the years of developing people and respecting their thoughts on how we can develop together and how we can increase sales and how we can increase recruiting, increase the, the vector metrics with their assistance. And, and you know, not everyone does it the same way or has the same thing. Another thing I learned in, uh, I don't know if it was high school, but in some philosophy classes, the idea, the Greek idea of assuming virtual, a virtue in the other human being assuming that they're going to do what's right. Never just assuming in a silly way that they're just going to do things right when they, when you haven't maybe developed them or trained them the right way, but assuming that they want to do what's right and that they're mm-hmm. going to, in general, human beings will choose to do what's right. And showing that assumption, I guess you could say, does nurse the relationship. And it does mean that, uh, you know, we all make mistakes together too. I, I make mistakes constantly and in work and being a husband and a father, you know, we all make mistakes and understanding that the other person does too. And the last couple of things is knowing that they're supported. So when they have a rough day, a rough week, what rough semester, 
sometimes we have the, I call it the crying conversation, you know, where we shut the door and we, and we have to talk through some tough stuff outside of the business and inside the business, but not being unwilling to work with the person and, and support them as a human being. Yeah. I think of John Kane, I think of Trent Booth, I think of some of the best leaders in our company, region managers as well, and Albert and Bruce that do just such an amazing job of supporting. They've supported me in personal trials, you know, uh, family, uh, medical trials, and other things that uh, we've had in my family over the years. They've done nothing but support. And I guess I've learned that and seen it, and it's been exemplified for me, and I've always tried to do my best to try and do that. Yeah, that's great to hear, Phil. When I think about your way of being as a leader, I think about collaborative relationships that you built, right? I think collaborative in that you're always working with your people to help them develop in the way that they want. Like you talked about the respect for their views and their ways. And the relationships part is so key because it's clear that you really do take the time to dig in to get to know people and to connect with people. And, and you're such a great connector even outside of your own organization, right? I mean, our relationship has been built over many years and, and the relationship that uh, I feel like you have with me is probably one that you have with uh, you know a dozen other key leaders all throughout the country in the company. And it's cool to see. I just love the fact that so much growth happened for me and has happened with people that I've worked with over the years, professionally and, and personally. The name of this podcast is totally appropriate in so many ways. Love building an organization and, and continuing to invest in my future in other ways outside of Vector as well as uh, in Vector. It's a great company. 26 years later, I can't say I'd rather be anywhere else. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives. 